G'day for Rothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous. Those who emanate enthusiasm. They inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward centre. My theory is that at times, just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. I'm Benny Wellington, and in this episode, I'm talking to the 20-year-old Triple J radio presenter and podcaster, Elsa Silberstein. A quick note about Triple J for those who don't know, it's an Aussie-wide community radio station that scours the country and beyond for not only the coolest in music and culture, but also the raddest radio presenters. Having travelled the world, I know there's nothing like it, and we're truly blessed to have it guiding our hearts and ears. And for me, Elsa is the embodiment of what I think of as Triple J, young, ambitious, not scared to speak her mind and allow her influence to be felt through her awareness and passion for activism. Plus, she froths out and draws energy from her co-workers, which makes me think that maybe Triple J is the frothiest workplace in Australia. But as Elsa would say, let's cut the bullshit and let's connect with people in a real and meaningful way. So let's do this as I bring you Elsa Silberstein. G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Finding the Frothers. Today I'm here with Elsa Silberstein, a super young frother, uh, making her way up the ladder within journalism, uh, working currently for Triple J, uh, which is, I know, uh, a lot of young people's dreams in Australia, and also has a few podcasts as well. So welcome. Hey, so happy to be here. Yeah, th- thanks for coming on. Um, you're just such a such a frother. We've had a few conversations over the phone previously, and um, yeah, we're just just vibing. And and I guess one of the things that's really cool is is one of your podcasts is um, called the Done Thing, which is coming out. Uh, I'd love for you to just explain about that a bit because I've actually been on it, um, and also just a little bit about you know what the concept is and, and why you're frothing about it. So I studied politics and psychology at uni and I've always been pretty curious about people and it's a the done thing is about why people do what they do. So sort of trying to dig a little deeper in things that we take for granted, like greetings, like why the hell do we handshake or hug or kiss and like who determines who does what and what power move that is. So we sort of delve into the psychology of it and the history of it. Like hugging apparently started in warfare when uh, two leaders of different sides had to show that they didn't have any weapons on them. So they would like tap each other on the back. Um, And Benny, you came on when we were talking about vices. So like why do we do things that we know are harmful to us and we keep doing them? Um, so it's sort of, I guess, exploring, yeah, like the human experience and we're pretty interesting, weird creatures. So, um, it's me, I sort of wonder out loud and ask the questions. And then I've got, uh, Elise, who is a social researcher 
and uh, she sort of gives the the wise words and we do some research and um, get out and talk to people like you to sort of inform us and answer those questions. So that is coming out very soon. It's coming about about three weeks, the done thing. So you, yeah, exactly. So you are, you're pretty much finding frothers and you totally get it being in the journalism space about the buzz that you can get from connecting with people who are inspirational. I know you work with um, some academics as well for some other work that you do. What are you absolutely frothing on about um, working at Triple J at the moment and, and seeing what's going on in, in that industry? That's exactly right. It's about people. It's just so about people. When you're interacting with other people that are motivated and smart and work their asses off, like I know it's a bit cliche, but it's inspiring. Like it actually gives you energy to see other people that are really passionate about their work and then you're in an environment that people really give a shit, you know, they really care. Um, I remember just being really disillusioned at uni sometimes in shoots when people just didn't give a shit or like didn't do any work or didn't do any readings and it was hard to be passionate about that myself and something that I'm really working on at the moment and I know it seems obvious but social media is just such a a distraction like it's so addicting for me because I'm pretty extroverted so I love that buzz of getting reactions from other people but when I what I'm really frothing right now is that to be able to maintain that focus and not go on your phone and not check those notifications because with journalism you're checking all the time and sometimes with Facebook and Twitter you're getting updates and info from other people but yeah, just yesterday I was in the office and um, the woman next to me just had like three hours of she was just writing a story and it was just solitary and it was just focused. So I really froth and sort of like admire that ability not to be distracted, keep working hard, but still be like a decent person to people. <laughs> That's what I'm frothing at the moment. That's awesome. And, I th- and think like you getting yourself into the right mindset uh, super important, especially for focus. I mean, like we're just, what do they say? Um, third world, uh, sorry, first world, um, first world problems isn't like the fact that our phones run out of battery anymore. It's that we're exposed to way too much information and we're all having an internal existential crisis. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's, there's a lot to be said about making sure that we can sort of disconnect from the social, um, and use it advantageously so what is the what is the one thing you do during your day-to-day routine that allows you to to tap into that focus well it might sound counterintuitive, but I really love people and I was talking to my sister the other day because she was just like oh, I need some alone time like no one talked to me and I was like how do you do that so it sounds bizarre but like I talk to people a lot during my day whether it's for a story or for an interview or the barista that I'm getting my coffee with and I actually get so much energy from talking to people and I have really dear close friends to me that I interact with like a lot like every day so seeing people and being really social for me that gives me energy And then I run on that energy. And then when I'm happy, I can do what I need to do. Because I find if I'm 
I guess it's good to be by yourself and that's something that I should probably learn to do, like be cool with that. But um, if I'm in a bad mindset, it's like the routine, everything goes wrong. Like if I don't exercise, then I won't be disciplined, then I won't get enough work done, then I'll procrastinate more. But um, if like the if the wheel is running smoothly, sort of everything clicks into place and, and that's being social for me. So um, just having lots of like meaningful interactions with people keeps my energy levels up and then, and then I run on that. Beautiful. That is essentially the essence of finding the frothers and activating the energy through other people. I love it. <laughs> uh, so you, yeah. speak, you spoke a little bit about, about friends and family. Who would you who would you say is a, a clear out and out anchor frother for you? Someone you can go to any time. Okay, so this is a bit controversial because I have one of my best friends is called Bella, right? And she listens to my radio show every time, and she always messages me, and she's just an extremely positive person that encourages me a lot, and um, one of Uh, the things that my boss has spoken to me about recently is being conversational on air. And he told me to get a photo of a frother, basically someone that you really like talking to and that supports you and put them in your studio so that you're talking to them when you're on air, when you're alone in the studio at like 3am and it seems like no one's listening, but the whole country is listening. Um, And the rest of my friends, I have about uh, eight like really close friends and they're all like, why does Bella get to be in your studio? Like, why are we there? <laughs> so I, I don't like to say there's one person, but, um, yeah, recently, Bella, I think there are so many dear friends of mine. Um, my family's, like, super supportive. Um, they're very productive people. Like, if we have a problem, it'll be like, okay, let's have a brainstorm and let's see what internships we can get and how we can fix this, you know? So it's sort of like, um, yeah, I think having, I've been really blessed to have that, that supportive base. Um, but Bella is specifically a frother that I actually talk to in my studio. Um, and she keeps my energy up, um, and keeps me, yeah, just natural and, and being me and being grounded. And I think that comes across on air and the work that I do. Awesome. Big shout out to Bella and also picture of Bella. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, also all the other people that I didn't Oh yeah, yeah. And all the other people. You didn't make the cut. Yeah. (laughs) You guys too. Maybe you'll make it one day if you um if you work just that little bit harder on on personal conversations with Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. Um, so working at Triple J, you're inundated with the best music that I guess we can get access to, and and it's I'm, I'm so thankful for Triple J. I'm so thankful that I've had that to grow up with, and I don't think you realise how amazing it is until you leave and you live away from Australia. So given that you are inundated with music, what would you say is maybe just one track or one musician that you're really frothing on at the moment? Yeah, also controversial. You can't ask me that. <laughs> um, so this sounds super, I don't know, uh, cheesy, but the first song that I ever played on my first ever Triple J show was a song called Ginger. It's by Riton and Carlo. And as soon as I played it, I was like, 
oh man, like the, it was just like ecstasy. Like it's a really upbeat song. It's kind of got like tribal elements to it. There's percussive synth. There's so many layers to it. And it you, it's one of those songs you'll be listening to in the bus and you don't notice it, but you're just like unconsciously bopping and then people are looking at you strangely. Um, it's a great song. But, yeah, it has that like sentimental value of this thing that I worked so hard for and I was just so incredibly nauseously nervous before my first show. And then it's just like that release. It's like, I've done it. Did my first mic break. Didn't die. This is amazing. I'm getting texts. Doug from Winnemalee. He's loving the tunes. Like, <laughs> um, it's a good track. You should give it a listen. Oh, definitely will. I think we're going to put together um, from from the guests on here uh, a little playlist on Spotify with all the songs that the frothers froth on. So um, uh, yeah, that'll we'll, we'll be look so out for interesting one. to see the <laughs> contrast because music is just one of those things. It's everybody feels some way about it and it's just so interesting like how that comes across exactly and what it says about a person and it's like spooky that spotify as a as a platform with their sort of artificial intelligence and knowledge will know your musical taste better than you um and and i have no doubt that they'll probably well not even probably they'll be able to predict what you'll be listening to in three years based on what you yeah you're changing styles but yeah amazing um so given that you've got quite good access to a network through triple j and through your podcasting and the stuff that you do for universities who's someone who's just outside i guess your inner circle that you would love to connect with we call these boundary frothers Oh, so many people. So is Richard Feidler, he works at the ABC, he is a podcaster. Is he outside my circles? He is if you haven't directly contacted him, um, I guess, or you haven't. I I think some people answer this question and go like, um, yeah, it's someone that I may have met once, but I haven't really connected with them properly. Um, So, yeah, I I guess, yeah, you you could say that one. So Richard, I did meet once. Uh, he came to Perth. He um, is the host of Conversations, which is the most popular podcast in Australia. And um, I met him and I just emailed him and I was like, hi, I'm 19 and I really love you. And can I meet you, please? <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> um, and we did, I was working at ABC as a producer at the time and um, he talked about uh, specific interviewing skills, like just being empathetic and asking simple open questions. And then we just talked about generally sort of life values of, um, you know, when you're interviewing someone, appreciate them and read their book, like um, listen to the album, you know. He's someone that I admire so much for the work that he does because that podcast conversations it sort of encapsulates like my values on life I've had just a lot like through school and just through a lot of I guess like interactions networking and at uni there's just so much bullshit there's just so much like fake conversation of like hey how you going really like your dress oh so pretty cool and it's just like I think 
it's literally damaging and isolating people if you can't cut through that bullshit and you can't get to the real stuff and the deep stuff and that is what that podcast is all about before conversations it was kind of known in the interviewing world that you wouldn't do longer than seven minute interviews and he was like I want to do an hour no we need to get you know right to the crux of um, people's stories so I just I admire the podcast I like he's just a cool guy I don't know if I'd want to like be friends with him because I just think he's like too cool that I'd just be like Ah, hi. <laughs> um, but also other people that I admire, like I used to be um, really involved in like youth advocacy and um, I grew up in Thailand, so had lots of interactions and just so aware of my privilege. So um, really you know, I thought I was always going to be an aid worker or a diplomat or, or something like that. So I, I really appreciate and would love to connect with people that are doing that work in trying to bridge inequality and cope with liberalism and globalisation and um, those big, those big problems that we have in the world. Amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's some very uh, noble work, uh, very close to the stuff like I'm very passionate about as well. I think that's why we connected as frothers um, initially. <laughs> um, so you talk about uh, some people who, I guess, have influenced you, potentially not that you've ever met, but may have passed on. And potentially that's in that space around people who've been advocates for inequality and and really championing underprivileged people. Is there anyone that you still draw strength from in that space? So when I the first thing that comes to mind is Ian Cameron, who was a local Perth radio presenter for breakfast for years and years and years. And he died a couple of years ago and he had just retired. And when he retired, he sort of told his story about being sexually abused as a child and having bipolar and like really huge, having chronic pain, big life struggles. But he was like, he was like the soundtrack to my childhood. Like we didn't listen to Triple J when I was growing up. We listened to local radio and he just had this ability to connect with the audience so naturally. Some people didn't like him but a lot of people loved him. And he was just like, this is my space. Like he just owned the studio. So I really admire like his skill in radio, but also his sort of life life work in um, trying to heal from that trauma, I guess. But politically, I mean, oh gosh, there are so many. That, like Nelson Mandela is just like that I don't think that we see enough of that sacrifice and like the nobility of the the plight of like what is the message how are we gonna make this world better um so I'm not comparing myself at all to Nelson Mandela but um there's just yeah it's it kind of gives you hope there like oh 
there are heaps of people that are not fake and self-serving. You know, there are people in this world that are really special and making a, a positive change. Exactly. And I think um, more than ever, given the um, latest reports from the UN with the, the sort of 12 years to doomsday kind of vibe, I think it's it's time that uh, more of us stand up and especially um, especially on this environmental front because if we don't, then in 12 years we might not be able to stand up because you know, we might be completely going to shit and we're in total chaos. So it is important, I think, to look to those guys and go, look, they were, they were keen to make or did make the ultimate sacrifice um, in some instances and, yeah, definitely draw strength from those guys and, and uh, carve out your path, your own unique path at the same time. It's very scary. It's so, 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 so scary. But so Nelson Mandela, like he sacrificed his 27 years of his life, right? But with this environmental stuff, we might have to sacrifice prices or big business or, you know, having higher taxes. We might have to put up with that to achieve the the greater goal or the greater necessity of like actually saving the planet which I think is like the biggest conundrum of politics right now is like how do you make unpopular decisions and still trust the public when you have small um, electoral terms and how do we sort of get get past the the difficulty of not being shiny and simplistic so they're big conundrums but I sort of I don't know if it's just like an ignorant bliss of optimism that I have but I just sort of think we have to do something about it like surely you know the world will find the strength to get some consensus especially in environmental issues yeah, I think I think it's it's under understated and underrated that we can all do our bit. Specifically, well, from my side, it's through conscious consumption of of what we're doing on a day to day basis, and we just sort of, I guess it's accountability and and consideration for the future. Yeah. So, um, given that you will have or have had access to some amazing people to interview thus far, who would be the ultimate person for you to interview, uh, and can you take me to that? 15 minute interview or maybe an hour in the in the vein of longer form. This is tricky because do you want to interview people that you love? Like Lee Sales is I just admire her so much and I love her. She's the host of the 7:30 report, but I would never interview her cuz she's the best interviewer ever and she would grill me so hard. <laughs> um Stephen Fry is one of those people in the public eye that I would I'm so interested by because he's complicated. Like he's not a perfect Instagrammer that has beautiful acai bowls, but he's smart and he makes us laugh and he makes us think. So there's many dimensions to him, but obviously he has a lot of issues if you've read his autobiographies um 
that he w- got expelled a couple of times. He has bipolar. He ran away from a show. He dropped many opportunities that he had. He, he's had bumps along the way. So I'm pretty interested in that very human experience of how do you get through those bumps and and how do you get past them? Um, he's, yeah, had a, and with his sexual sexuality, that's been quite... Um, an issue for him. I think I admire his brilliant brain and his wit. So I'd, I'd just love to, you know, really get to know him and, and have some banter with him, but, and then get to the deep stuff. Cause that's just what I like to do with everyday people is sort of have fun and have a laugh and then get real. Like I think um, some of my friends think I'm a bit strange because I'm always having like weird dinner parties, like blindfolded dinner parties. But it's just like it's just a way to kind of have a different social experience and get to the real stuff. And I think I would love to do that with Stephen Fry. So if you're listening, Stephen, hit me up. Of course he's listening. So available. Well, of course Stephen Fry's listening. <laughs> Me and the homies. <laughs> um, not yet, not yet. He's a frother. He's an absolute frother. I, I lived in London for several years and uh, he used to have a game show and um, just, just yeah, as you say, wit, like brilliance and resilience all come through. Um, and, yeah, just an amazing dude. So, yeah, we'll get that frother on the podcast and and uh, we'll, we'll link up. Maybe we'll all go have a froth together, coffee or a beer. Um, Let's all yeah. go get a coffee with Stephen Fry. Yeah. <laughs> That's standard. You got to yeah, manifest it. It'll happen. Let the universe do its thing. He's all about the universe. So speaking of the universe, what is the one thing that you're most frothing on at the moment? Bouldering. Have you heard of that? Yeah, my flatmates just got into it, but I've never done it. So into it. It's such a silly thing when you think about it, but it's like four meter high walls and it's like rock climbing, indoor rock climbing, but you don't have a harness. So the, the walls aren't like huge and there's a soft landing. Um, and there's like different levels. Like you can do really easy to really hard depending on like what uh, grips you want. But it's just like such a sense of achievement when you do it. Like you don't think that you can reach that other grip and then you do and then you're like I'm amazing like I did that um but it's physical it makes you really tired so because it's so tiring you need a lot of downtime so there are everybody's sort of like sitting and watching other people do it on this soft landing and it's just for some reason, I don't know if it's just like a different activity, but it's incredibly social and incredibly chatty vibe. So every time I go, you just end up end up meeting so many different people and like people that go there every day and people that it's it's in um, Frio, so sort of like the hippie end of Perth. So there are always people and then I know I keep saying this but just like that cut the bullshit and get to the real stuff and like that I think is what life is all about is like having authentic interactions (laughs) so bouldering does that for me there you go amazing amazing I've got to give it a go although I've got um, carpal tunnel syndrome which is like busted up wrists 
So, like, I once got told I had the grip of a 70-year-old woman. So, I'm not sure how, how good I'll be at, <laughs> at trying to uh, hang off, hang off uh, boulders. You but can just sit and crap. chat to the frothers. Yeah, that's right. Just, I'll just go for up the socials. Froth, I, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, so, I love this question and I reckon you can have a cracking answer. No pressure. If you could condense your gift into one concept or one workshop, what would that be? How to cut the bullshit and connect with people. Amazing. And I reckon it'd probably be like some creative um, excursions yeah. prior to interviews, like take people, take Stephen Fry bouldering and, and um, yeah. then interview him after when he's got no breath. Weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weird social interactions to um, lessen people's inhibitions. And because I feel like everybody, it's so human to want to connect authentically with people. But when you have, when you're really self-conscious and you have a lot of inhibitions, it's sort of, it stifles that. And then, so everybody becomes these like cookie cutter, uh, pretend versions of what they think they should be. And I don't think it makes anyone happy. So when you ruffle the feathers a little bit and you get people to boulder and be blindfolded and take their pants off or something, it it sort of free, it frees people up to be more authentic. So that's what I'd do. It'd be an obstacle course slash interview session slash so eye good. contact. So good. <laughs> I like, there's that. I I've, I've only watched a few times. There's that guy who was interviewing people and they while they eat chilies. And like it was on YouTube, I, yeah. So it was like they just go up a grade of chili, and then the questions would, you know, obviously the the interviewers struggling. Um, but yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. But yeah, that's I, so great. See stuff like that, action sports. Um, so what's the what's the number one way that people can access Elsa? You can listen to me on the radio, uh, especially if you're up in the squeaky hours. I'm on Triple J from 1 to 6 in the morning um, and I do triple a Triple J unearthed show called Tops, which is the best new music of that week. Um, it's from 5.30 to 6 on uh, digital radio on Triple J unearthed. Um, and find those podcasts. The academic one is called What's Up Doc where – I interview a different academic every week about their niche field and the done thing is coming up very soon. Um, also have a website if you just search up uh, Elsa Silberstein um, on Google. But, yeah, I just love to, yeah, if you want to hit me up and um, I'm always sort of doing different creative projects, got another podcast on the go uh, about the art scene in WA and the evolution of that. So, um, as I said, I love to cut the bullshit. So if you want to cut the bullshit with me, let's um, go bouldering. Yeah, let's go bouldering and get to the point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so just before I let you go, uh, I've got a little gift for you. So this is all about connecting frothers. I have a, a frother friend of mine who I reckon would be Absolutely perfect for you to connect with. And I know there's going to, there'll be some project down the line uh, that will be perfect or maybe you will attend his festival, which is in Tasmania. Uh, he has a festival called New Kind and it's basically the most transformative experience that I've had this year in 2018. I was totally uh, blown away. Uh, five days, no drugs, no alcohol, things like movement, um, music, art, 
history, culture, nature, uh, indigenous things. It was just amazing. Yeah, five days of just super connectedness uh, in Tasmania, which is one of the most beautiful places that we have in Australia. Uh, his name is Irfan Deliri, and I would love to connect you guys because I think you just have such a frothing conversation and um, there'd be a mutual transfer of froth. Yes, I would love to transfer the froth with him. That sounds so amazing. I recently went to Wave Rock, which is four hours east, so it's in the middle of a desert for a music festival for work, and I just was so amazed. I think it's one of those things that, like, ruffles the feathers a bit of uh, and, and makes people um, more communal, but it was just, yeah, a really transformative experience my friends hate me talking about it because I've just like banged on about it ever since because it's just like it was a different way of living it was so communal everyone shared food the music stopped when there was sunset everyone walked to the top of the rock and like applauded the sunset and it just felt more like a more natural way of living I think there's many faults that we have with this like individualist capitalist lifestyle that we have and many good things about it too but um I love that you had different experiences and ruffling up the feathers and connecting with people that sounds sick yeah well yeah I think there's a concept that I actually learned there that was um from a dude named Joe can't think of his last name at the moment but he was talking about neo-tribalism and it's that vibe of saying I'm not going to go out to the the bush and become a turbo hippie and like try and just live off the land. Um, but I'm going to apply the best things from the the old ways of living and really look to sort of indigenous communities in Australia and and in other on other continents um, and pull out the best stuff. Like how can we reconnect more with nature and how can we be more connected to each other? But also we don't want to neglect where we're going as a civilization because there's a lot of amazing stuff coming out depending on which side of the fence you sit on with AI and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I really love that sort of neo-tribalistic uh, vibe. So maybe that could be something you could research for uh, one of your podcasts. Absolutely. That's actually very cool because there is this conundrum of, like, you have to play the game, right? I've got to work. I can't really delete Facebook because I use it for so many connections. But, yeah, trying to, like, incorporate at least some of the, the things that, like from the festival that made me feel more grounded. That's cool. Yeah. I and you got it. to work there as well. How awesome is that? <laughs> Cheers. Pretty good. All right, Elsa, thanks so much for coming on Defining the Frothers. You have literally pumped me up to go and do this proposal that I've got to write. So, and that is the whole goal with these Finding the Frothers conversations is to give you some froth transfer and a bit of a runoff. So thanks so much for coming on and uh, I'll be sure to hook you up with Irfan. Did we just transfer the froth? We just transferred the fuck out of the froth. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Cheers. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally... This episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. 
She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swimming me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You!